Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Anytime you're in the Huntsville area, we hope you'll stop in and be part of our worship. Sunday morning worship is at 9 o'clock, with Bible class immediately following. Sunday evening worship is at 5. Midweek Bible study is held Wednesdays at 7. Good evening. It's good to be with you tonight. I very much appreciate the opportunity to be at West Huntsville. And over the years, I've had that privilege on more than one occasion. Always thankful for it. I know that Brother Paul is out of pocket tonight. Uh, he told me that he was going to be elsewhere. And uh, he told me that Glenn might be elsewhere also. But I see that Glenn and Cindy and Hannah have slipped in over here. So glad to see them very much. They're friends, not only friends, but also neighbors. Uh, you may or may not know that Glenn and Holly and now Hannah uh, live only uh, a block or so away from our house. So we're glad to have them in that category too. And I appreciate Paul and Glenn and the elders here, whoever's responsible for our program and opportunities to come speak uh, for the chance to be with you and to share with you ideas from the Word of God. Sharing wisdom about failure. Well, that immediately brings several thoughts to mind. First of all, the idea of sharing. In order to share, uh, that presupposes that there is a possession of something already. You can't share what you don't already have. Well, you can share with someone else, but they've got to have it. So the the possessor of that. So we're assuming that there's already in our possession the concept of, of something to share. Wisdom. What is wisdom? I'm sure you've had this discussion multiple times. The concept of wisdom goes way beyond facts. It's not just knowledge. Wisdom is understanding, a comprehension of the ideas and the concepts that make whatever it is that's under discussion something that you understand the mysteries of, that you've got the secrets of how to deal with whatever that topic is that you're going to overcome. So the wisdom of something. Overcoming or sharing wisdom about failure. Failure. That's actually an interesting word to define. Usefully, in our uh, language, we might say that failure means that you did not achieve the results that you intended. The end was not accomplished. That whatever was there was insufficient to bring about the, uh, the goal. So, failure is something bad, right? Why would we want to talk about failure? Why would we want to talk about, spend our time pondering and reflecting on, why would anyone want to dwell on failure? And the answer is, but by understanding it, by gathering the concept of wisdom regarding failure, we learn how to avoid it, how to survive it, and maybe even how to grow from it. 
And we'll push that a little, little bit tonight. In a Leadership Journal article written about two years ago, there was this statement. The most instructive moment in organizational life is failure. Success teaches you to repeat things. But responsible failure turns on the lights. Now the author, as he was describing this, by the concept of turns on the lights, means that if you've ever walked in darkness, you've walked into a dark room and, and maybe stumbled over something in the dark. Am I the only one that's ever done that? Walked into a dark room where you assume you know where everything is and you clobber yourself into shin or worse uh, and have a problem. And then you turn on the lights. Well, wouldn't it have been better to turn on the lights first? Well, yeah. Failure doesn't turn on the lights. He says responsible failure turns on the lights. So what is responsible failure? Do we now need to define that? Well, responsible, response means what we do after failure, responding to a failure. So responsible is a response that we think is, is worthwhile or valuable. The defining moment he was writing regarding businesses. This came from a leadership, a business leadership uh, magazine. But the concept is valid for individuals as well. The moments in time that, that change us also challenge us. And sometimes they're the, the moments when we have failure, when things go wrong. And we have to come up with another plan. And things go wrong. Is there anybody in this room that likes the process of failure? Let's see hands. None? Too bad. I really wanted to talk to you. (laughs) Anybody who likes the process of failure, I want to have a conversation with. I want to figure out what makes you tick. No, we don't like failure. We don't want it in our lives, but... Wisdom number one, and I'm going to structure our discussion around three primary points and throw a few things to hang on it, but three primary points about wisdom. Wisdom point number one, all failures are not the same. Well, duh. That's wisdom number one. Understand, all failures are not the same. So when we begin to talk about failure, what are we talking about in regard to failure? All right, so you put a cake in the oven and you get it out. And uh, let's suppose it's one of those, those fancy shaped cakes, you know, the ones with the hole in them, the, the bunt cakes. And let's suppose that you take it out of the oven and you, you dump it upside. How do you, what do you do with a bunt cake when it comes out of the oven? Sooner or later, you've got to turn it over on a, on a plate and let it, let it come out of the cake pan, and it's supposed to have that wonderful little shape. So you get ready to, to dump it out, and let's suppose it doesn't come out. Okay, now what? Well, let's suppose you shake it, and then it partially comes out. Okay, now what? Well, you know, it's not good at that point. That's, 
It happens. Or maybe it's a homemade engineering project. You're doing something around the house, and I've done this I don't know how many times. You get a little problem, you've decided a solution for it, so you gather your materials and your, your uh, methodology, what you're going to try to do to fix it, and you apply your fix, and it doesn't work for whatever reason. And so you scratch your head, and you know, where did I go wrong? And maybe it's a business failure. Now, business failures, that, that, that gets a little more serious, and that falls into at least two categories. One, a failure in your business, that is something goes wrong, and then that means you lose money, and, and that's not good. A project goes south. Or it may be that the business fails. And some of you probably have had that experience or been around it, and that's... That's no fun at all. Or maybe we're talking about moral failure. Doing something wrong. And see, when we begin to talk about failure, it's important to understand that all failures are not the same. So if we're talking about learning from and and having wisdom regarding, then what is it that's going to help us to understand the kind of failure we're talking about, and, and they're all around us. We're, we're surrounded in life by failure. I know this predates some of you in this audience. On January the 28th, 1986, Space Shuttle Challenger blew up. 73 seconds after liftoff, at 46,000 feet in the air, traveling at about 1,425 miles an hour, it came apart. Now, you know the history of a lot of that. The seven... People on board, astronauts and specialists that were there were killed in the process. 2003, NASA NASA lost another shuttle, Columbia. It came apart, crossing several states in the western United States, this time coming out of orbit, so it was traveling something like 17,000 miles an hour as it began its descent, but with a wing that had a hole in it, and it separated and lost another seven. Now, if we talk about NASA, is NASA as an agency a failure? How, how do we use that word? What, what would we apply to it? Was the space shuttle program a failure because of the loss of these two shuttles? I suspect most of us would say, no, the program wasn't a failure, but yet these these were individual failures. Okay, so that's important. There's a difference in failing at something and in describing something and the larger something that goes with it as a failure. Other examples around us. I don't really know the details of it, but I was reading about a pop actor who was recently sentenced to 
30 years to life for raping some women about 20 years ago. What word do we use to describe that process? Well, that, is that failure and what kind and how and or let's make it biblical. Let's let's turn to uh, the the life of Judas, and we're not going to go and read the text regarding Judas because I think you know the concept well enough, and and it would take us more time to put all the pieces together than we really have. But thinking about Judas's life from the time he was selected by Jesus to be one of his disciples, and Judas was with the Lord, how would we describe Judas's end game after he is stealing money from the collective purse that the Lord and his disciples have, and he turns in Jesus and uh, agrees with the high priest to betray him, and then he goes back and tries to fix it, and then he goes and hangs himself, and, and, and whatever and however we might put those, what would we describe him as? What words would come to mind? Misguided? Um, traitorous? How about Failure? Was Judas a failure? Was Judas's life a failure? How about this? Matthew chapter 26. Let's start reading in verse 69. Matthew 26, 69. Now Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came came up and said to Peter, surely you also are one of them for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear saying, I do not know the man. Immediately a a rooster crowed and Peter remembered the word of Jesus who had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. What's the right word to use there? And after we, after we deal with that, and if this was a discussion environment, I suspect that there would be some who would say, well, clearly uh, what happened there was Peter had a, a failing moment but he himself personally was not a failure. And so we recognize that difference, that distinction between an act and, and the whole. Well, try this one on. First Kings chapter 18, start reading verse 21. First Kings 18, 21. And Elijah came to all the people. And said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves. Cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. 
I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Works for us. Drop down to verse 31. We're going to have to skip over some of the story. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seahs of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood, and said, Fill four water pots with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things in your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones, and the dust. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. How would we describe the people up until this point? Were they, had they gone into failure? The, the, oh, yeah. How about Elijah. What is Elijah's place here? And this is one of the great stories. I know you've read it, you know it, you love it. Read with me just a little bit farther. Chapter 19, verse 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life, and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die and said, It is enough now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Is this the same guy? How do we describe Elijah? Does the word failure come up in the life of in the in your mind as we describe Elijah? Oh, almost certainly not. And yet we have this moment here. We 
Which brings us to wisdom number two. The fear of failure has both positive and negative potential. The fear of failure has both positive and negative potential. Do we fear failure? Oh, I suspect some of us do, and I would, I have a, a, a list of about 15 qualities that uh, some authors have used to describe the concept of fear of failure. Some of them are procrastination. Some of them are how important we think other people are to our, our opinion of ourselves and this kind of thing. And you go through, through that list, depression, fear of failure. Negative number one, and I'm going to offer you three thoughts here, a couple of negatives and a positive. Negative number one is that the fear of failure can paralyze people into inaction. One of the things that happens when people are afraid of failing is that they can get to the place where they're afraid to do anything. They just, they don't want to, they don't want to act. Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells a story And the story surrounds the Lord dealing with servants. And you know the story about the uh, the parable of the talents and the individuals that come before the Lord and how he responds to each of them. But we have this statement made, Matthew chapter 25, verse 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed, and I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. Now, this is not a new parable to you. You've, you've read it and you know it. You've, you've been a part of this all your life. But perhaps you've never put these two thoughts together. What was it that caused this servant not to do what he's supposed to do? How about fear of failure? That's what he was describing. He said, I knew that, that, that you were going to be a tough judge. And I was afraid I was going to fail. So, and, and I know that I've had this conversation in classes before. And you say, it's not logical. It doesn't make any sense. If someone knows that they're going to be judged harshly, you don't do nothing. You do more. You do something. And yet, interestingly enough, the psychologists say fear of failure often drives people to freeze up and do nothing. And here's the Lord describing this scenario in the judgment parables of Matthew chapter 25, and that's exactly what he describes. Fearful, doing nothing. Have you ever heard of the word atikophobia? I promise you I've never used it. I only know it because I read it. Atikophobia is the fear of failure. It's a psychological term. It's one that, that psychologists use. But it's not just a normal fear of failure. In this particular phobia, it is an intense and an, an abnormal, uh, persistent fear of, of failing. 
Um, psychologists suggest that often there is a, a home life background for people who have this particular condition where they were raised in an environment where they were judged very harshly, where they had very strict parents uh, for which there was a, a very strong reaction uh, to failure in the family and, and uh, sometimes uh, the punishment of the children was, was very harsh and uh, anything short of perfection was dealt with very, very badly. So a fear of failure can cause a person to just do nothing. Negative number two, a fear of failure keeps some people from trying anything new. Because folks find themselves afraid of failing, they don't want to take on anything they don't already know what to do. They, they want to be able to guarantee the outcome. So sometimes they just, I'm afraid and no, I can't go there. Well, how do you learn anything? Everything at some point in time has to be new. Yeah, but there are people who avoid that new thing. So if, the, uh, if your setting in life brings you to a situation where there's some new skill or some new idea or some new opportunity or something like that, fear of failure can cause a person to say, oh, I can't do that. I can't deal with that. Practical face. Many years ago, I was taking a group of guys snow skiing, snowboarding, some of us, but snow skiing. And um, one of the guys I was trying to talk into going uh, was, a, uh, was a friend of mine. And he said, no, I don't want to go. I said, have you ever been, snow, ever been skiing? He goes, no, I've never been. I said, Man, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It, it, it'll be good. I said, I could teach you how to ski in three hours where you can be going up and down the slope and having a good time. He said, I don't want to go. I said, why not? You're athletic. You do lots of other stuff. He said, I said, you won't be cold. You'll have good gear and it's a great place. He said, I'm not worried about being cold. I'm not worried about not being able to do it. He said, you guys already know how to do this and I don't want to show up as a newbie and you think I'm an idiot. I don't want to be with you because you would look down on me. And I said, that wouldn't happen. I remember learning myself how to do with you. No. The fear of failure that often comes in our minds to, what will people think of me if I can't accomplish this? What, ha- what happens if I try and fail and then I look, I look foolish or I look silly and, and then I'm embarrassed and how am I going to deal with that? I was 40 years old when I learned to snowboard. I was in... Was that a bell? No. It wasn't a bell? Good. I'm fearful of bells. <laughs> and y'all's is definitely not loud enough. 40 years old, I'm, learning to, I'm going to learn to snowboard. I'm actually at a family reunion in Purgatory, Colorado. Oh, the name. We should go there a little bit. Anyway, so when they're snow skiing and, and it's uh, 40 years old and I told my wife, I said, you know, when am I going to get this chance again? If I'm ever going to snowboard, I'm not going to be able to turn the clock back. So this is something I want to do. I think I should try to do this. I taught myself how to ski about 20 years before that. You know where this is going, right? So I said, if I can learn to ski, I can learn to snowboard. Oh, it was ugly. It was brutal. It, that was one of the worst days of my life in the snow, and I like snow. I went again a second time. It was, it was bad. It was equally bad. 
it was still bad. And I finally, I told a friend of mine, if I ever had anybody that I really, 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 really didn't like, I would make them learn to snowboard. Eventually, I did learn how. Um, I'm not going to go into the details of it because it would take a little longer than I've got. But um, fear of failure, positive number one. A fear of failure can motivate us to prepare. Some of you in this room may know LaVon Scott. For all I know, some of you are related to LaVon Scott who used to teach English at Fried Hardeman. She was my freshman comp teacher when I was a freshman in college, one of my first classes, and the very first week of her classes, I sat in class with a pencil or a pen and paper, and I took very few notes. Don't ask me why. I was, I don't know how old at the time, 18? How old is a freshman? Probably 18 years old. Came to the end of the week and she says, all right, there's going to be a test on Friday. And I look around and I went, test? Test? On what? We haven't heard anything worthwhile yet. When is she going to get to the stuff we're going to be tested on? The test came. I got my first F. Big red F in college. Now, high school, you can deal with stuff. I mean, you know, you're, you're palling around and you're being crazy and, you know, it's high school. Who cares? College. College. F. Oh, man. I had no experience with Fs. I didn't like it. I didn't want another one. And I made sure that things weren't different the next time I was going to class. I was, I was humiliated and... Now, let's, let, we have to put things into perspective here. We're talking about failure. You know, they don't all fall in the same category. Um, I had failed one test. I didn't fail the course. I didn't fail out of college. I hadn't failed at life. I failed one test, but still, it was, it was earth-shaking to me at the time. But it had some positive benefits. My fear of failure... Led me to do some other things. All right, so I need to move quicker than I am. Wisdom number one, all failures are not the same. Wisdom number two, the fear of failure has both negative and positive components attached to it. Number three, learn to fail forward. Now that's our wisdom. Learn to fail forward. What does that mean? Well, you can use failure to improve yourself, and that's what you're going to do with responsible failure. That's what our author was talking about in the quote that I used at the beginning. How can, how can failure, how can failure cause you to fail forward? Well, failure helps you realize that there's, that you have room to grow. That you're not there. You have not arrived yet. And you're thinking, I, I haven't arrived. Oh, you may be thinking that now, but I assure you some of the people in this room think they've arrived. They have all the wisdom they need. They know everything about the Bible that they need to know. 
Watch them. They're not interested in studying. They're not reading. They're not spending time cracking the book. They've got all that they need. At work, they've got all the answers. They're satisfied with where they are and what's going on around them. At home, their marriage, their relationship, they are perfectly comfortable. They have it all together. Failure helps you realize you don't have it all together. There's something that's lacking, and I need to know what that is. So failure can help you learn. We're talking about marriage or your job or just life in general. Failure can can be a benefit. You want to see one? Real life? First Chronicles chapter 13, starting verse 9. First Chronicles 13, 9. And when they came to Chidon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and he struck him because he put his hand to the ark, and he died there before God. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah. Verse 12, David was afraid of God that day, saying, How can I bring the ark of God to me? So David would not move the ark with him into the city of David, but took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. Here's David, King David. What is the King David? King David is the all, end all, best all. He is, he is, he has got it together. King David. That one I heard. He tries to move the ark of God. It does not go well. Rest of the story, chapter 15, verse 11. David called for Zadok and Abiathar, the priests, and the Levites, and gives their names. Verse 12, he said to them, You are the heads of the fathers' houses of the Levites. Sanctify yourself, you and your brethren, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord God to Israel, to the place I have prepared for it, because... You did not do it the first time. The Lord our God broke out against us because we did not consult him about the proper order. Guess what? David's learning something. Now, bad news for Uzzah. But David has figured out at this failure, there's, there's something, something there. Failure shows you you have room to grow. There's something else you need in life, and when that happens. Number two, failure can make you try harder. We won't get to all the stuff I want to talk about tonight, but I need to include this. Real story, I've been involved with debate with the young people for a long time, many years at Maysville, and um, one of our debate girl teams um, this particular year, they ended up with third place as a trophy. And uh, I was proud of them. They uh, weren't as prepared as I'd hoped they would be going in, but uh, they, did, they did pretty good. Year two, they came up, same team, same girls. They got ready to go, and I'm not sure what went on in their mind, but they decided that since they had gotten third place that year, that this year they had a lock, and they were going to get first place. And they were convinced that they were, you know, this was a, a done deal. They were entitled and I did all I could to warn them and prepare them. You're not ready. You're not ready. You're not ready. But they weren't listening to me. And so when the announcements came and the people were brought up to the stage and they'd invited friends and folks to come there and their names were not called. 
and they were humiliated. And then an interesting thing happened. Next year, one of the girls said she wasn't going to be in debate anymore. The other team member, she said she did want to be in debate again. I was pleasantly impressed with her. And let me tell you what, that girl was on fire. She was incredible. She studied, she worked, she listened. Whatever suggestion I made, she followed it. She was as prepared as any of the debaters that I've ever taken to Nashville, to the the convention. And I was not at all surprised when their team won first place. And when they got ready to call out individual first place awards, guess who got it? She did. Why? Because of failure. That's why. I have no doubt that she would not have performed at that level except for the fact that when she failed, something lit off inside of her and she wanted to try harder and she, she did. Now, failure is a part of life. We are going to experience failures. Things are just going to happen. John writing, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, My little children, I write unto you these things so that you might not sin. Keep reading that same first verse. But if you do, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Oh, wait a minute. He's talking about both sides of his mouth? No, it's very clear. John is wanting, do all you can not to sin. Don't fail, but failures, failures are going to come. How are you going to respond to that? Bell or not, we got one more reading. It's short. First Timothy chapter one, verse twelve. The apostle Paul started life as Saul of Tarsus. You know the experiences of Saul of Tarsus, what he was, how he acted, his conversion. Now Paul writing these words. First Timothy one twelve. And I thank Christ Jesus, our God, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long-suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Putting those words into the colloquial terms of our conversation tonight, Paul says, I failed. And God saw me and gave me another chance. And I am the example of the person that God gives an opportunity to come to him after having messed up life. There is wisdom to be gained about failure. 
All failure is not the same. The fear of failure has both positive and negative aspects. And when we come to understand failure, failure is a part of life. It's, it's going to be there. And if we allow failure to help us to, to fail forward, our lives will be made better. Better by God, better by design, better in life, better in marriage, better in jobs, better in persons. Come and hold that wisdom. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word. If you would like to continue your study of New Testament Christianity, please send your name and address to World Bible School, West Huntsville Church of Christ, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Or if you prefer, send your name and address by email to wbs at westhuntsville.org.